Hello and welcome to Listen Carefully. I'm your host, Nathan Jolly, and my guests today are Ben Gillies and Chris Joanew from Silverchair. Now, I did this interview in late September for a Guardian article, and it's a 35-minute chat, and I used probably 0.25% of the quotes in the actual article, so I thought it would be a shame to let this go to waste. And considering a lot of you are about to, or just got this book for Christmas, I figured now's the perfect time to release this. So enjoy. The book came out a week ago, but the Australian story came out a few weeks ago and a lot of people Mm. saw it. Mm -hmm. Have you had reactions in the street? Have people come up to you? Like, how's that been? Like, because that's very personal stuff to put out there and then just kind of go. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's, um, look. It's been really nice to see people's response. It's been quite warm. Um, yeah, I imagine. And um, I think it's that decision you make when you go into a project like this just to be honest and open um, and... Uh, raw? Raw, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was the sort of commitment that we made to, you know, yeah, doing, doing the book, essentially. And did you make that at the start? Or did you start writing a bit guarded and then kind of you'd start writing about one thing and then go, okay, well, I've written about this, so now I can write about this? How did that work? Or did well, you it's just all decide? pretty... Like, it, when it starts out, just us in a room with Ali, yeah. you know, building all the the book up. So yeah, it's kind of, you are naturally a bit more open and less guarded because it's not like you're in front of an audience or, you know, you're just, yeah. you're just in conversation, talking, building, you know... Um, yeah, building it all up. I think part of the part of the process of doing the book, which spilled over into Australian story, yeah. is that that just purging of everything. You know, like yeah. I um, and in that process, like you know, you might there's some stuff you might edit out that you don't think you know is is necessary for the story. Some stories, that, you know, were on the cutting room floor, but I think, um, yeah, you know, during during the book with Ali, it was just like everything. I remember, like, I had an interview this morning, actually, and I remember thinking, you know, how you, how you have great ideas just before you fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You go, oh, I'll remember that. I'll write it down in the morning. You never do. No. But I really never re- get up and get a pen either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's done. <laughs> but during the writing of the book, I really. Like, I'd be just about to fall asleep and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that cool thing that happened. I'd be like, get up, Ben, get up. And I'd, like, like make myself get up out of bed and just text, you know, email Ali and say, and I just, it might be a couple of words just to prompt her and go, hey, this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing, let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, so I think we really did, you know, make an effort to be 100% open and honest and not filter anything and I think the same with the Australian story that in order to can really connect with the audience um, because ultimately we're, we're all having a, a human experience right it doesn't sure. matter if from the outside it looks like within Silverchair that we've had this extraordinary experience which we did we still we're still having a human experience and I think with the Australian story, that, that, that's what I got from it, that, that people hopefully felt like 
um, I can relate to these guys because you know they've also had you know we all have struggles. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's the same beats regardless of whether you know you're in a band or you're just you know living your life. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's very interesting. And was it because obviously, as you said, like you remember things, and that's because you guys are purging all this stuff and going back to being kids. And you have kids. Like, what's that experience like? Thinking, shit, I was so young because you were so young, and like yeah. it was the nineties, and you're in Newcastle. Like, that must have been a really interesting experience to look back at and go, we were kind of underprepared because no one can prepare for this. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone. Yeah, no one yeah. can prepare you for you know that kind of trajectory. Um, but. Yeah, as, I don't know, I think we were, there was an element a lot of the time of just blissfully unaware um, and you just on, you know, on the, going for the ride and um, and also, yeah, you made a good observation. It was kind of just our reality. You know, we yeah. essentially, once it all started, you're just living it day to day. You don't sort of think it's any different, you know. It doesn't feel extraordinary. Yeah. It's just yeah. normal. I really like how you guys didn't give a shit that it went to number one because why would you? Like, you were too young to know the gravity of the charts or the history of music, any of that stuff. Like, I think that could have been really kind of a saving grace in a lot of ways for you guys. Yeah, look, we were excited, didn't we? And yeah. We super, like, Because like, it's cool. Pumped, but yeah. <laughs> I guess we were more focused at having some fun, busy having fun over here yeah, doing something. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Because in the book, we I think we make we do make the point that we were we were we were really ambitious, and we had these dreams to be a great band and a and a big band and um, all the stuff that guys dream of. Yeah. And when you when you when you you know when you when you are in a band, but I guess like like we we're talking about when it does become your reality, it's like. You know, we're working on this thing, working really hard to make this record. You know, you make it, becomes number one. You just happen to be at Pizza Hut and you go, it's like a tick in a box. You go <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's yeah, fuck, cool. cool. That's yeah, awesome, yeah. man. That's great. Yeah, lot. that's awesome. Okay, cool. We're going to get back to dinner. Yeah. You know, like, what else, what else, what else do we need? What else, what else are you supposed to do? Yeah, exactly. You know, um, and particularly for 15 year olds, you know? Yeah. Um, one thing I notice is, the unfinished nature of it that seems to niggle both of you. Do you feel any further, like if not closure, that you've stepped closer to that with this kind of, you've released Australian Story, you've now released a book out into the world? Yeah, definitely for myself. Yeah. You know, there was definitely um, a bit of a struggle just to, you know, bookend that part of your life. Um, it, you know, it never always really sat, it was never really comfortable with where it was and how, you know, where it got to essentially. But yeah, working through the book, definitely with a bit more sort of hindsight and age and, you know, a bit of reflection can just sort of be a bit more accepting um, and, yeah, just just be okay with it, it seems like, yeah. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, it was, it was, I think, one of the reasons, and we say this probably within the first few pages, is that yeah. hopefully the book gives us some kind of closure. Um, for so long, uh, toward, the t- toward the end of the band, 
and and technically we're still in de- indefinite hibernation. You know, yeah, we that's haven't true. really made a, a group announcement. <laughs> you know, we haven't made a band announcement that we've broken up. Yeah. Um, Sleepy. Yeah. yeah, we're still asleep. Yeah, but it does. It, it definitely. It felt like there was just a, a real unresolved there that we were. Yeah. I was definitely searching for, and um, I think ultimately to to really get that ultimate resolve would be the three of us to sit in a room and talk about it. Partic- and I, w- I, would, I would probably say to do it with uh, a third party to help us unpack everything. And then I think we'd truly walk away and go, cool, we can put it behind us. But you know, the best we can do at this point in our lives and where every, because everyone's on a different path, is this, this felt like a nice way to give ourselves that that some form of closure right yeah I agree and like obviously you've made that clear now do you expect to hear from Dan there's no expectations yeah, yeah definitely not I, I don't think we you could I don't think you could really yeah um, essentially it's you know a project or a story Ben and I are telling our you know, journey from you know time before the band to years yeah, past as well. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, yeah. There's definitely no expectations. Yeah. And as you said, the big life elements are what really, like you know, those like you guys reveal some really personal stuff, and that's kind of the stuff that I imagine that you guys will get the most kind of, I don't know, public reaction for. Is that something that you've had to think about, like, like, did you ever? Because, as you said, you purged it all, and that would have been good from a kind of, that feels great. But then when you see it in black and white, like, that's got to be a different thing. Yeah, it's, I mean, a lot of my health stuff, I deliberately kept very yeah. quiet and personal. Um, but, um, yeah, I just felt wholeheartedly committing to doing the book. Um, I kind of just had to be open and honest. And that happened, and, yeah. you know, um, yeah good to acknowledge it yeah I think um, I've been really surprised just how much like obviously the fans and, and, and people are interested in the music side of things yeah. but it has been so interesting to see just how much people have connected to for me the, the alcoholism and the mental health and obviously for Chris for his health journey just how much people have gravitated to that yeah, and I think maybe because we all can relate to that, you know. There's, you know, we've all. Yeah. I think in terms of cancer, like there's, you know, it's either a either a, a really close loved one or a friend or or some someone's been touched by that in some way, so yeah. they can relate to that. And I think in terms of mental health and alcoholism, like that's, you know, it's also quite present you know that people and it just it's it's been um and i think for chris and i to be so um unconsciously in us you know deciding to be really open and raw and and brutally honest um hopefully that that might help some people you know yeah, to go absolutely. because the these guys like they might look at us and go these guys have had an extraordinary experience but wow, they've had this, you know, they've, they've had the same struggles and maybe may 
it's okay that I'm if I'm having a similar experience. Yeah, and it's also the males of a certain age, like yeah. taught to like just don't be a pussy, shut yeah. the fuck up, yeah. like you know what's that? Don't cry, oh, like what you cry now? What? Yeah. Like it's just the way it is, and like well, sorry, the way it was. Yeah, definitely. And that takes years to unpack that. So yeah, hopefully your book will make people go because you know you guys are dudes from Newcastle and there's yeah, a lot yeah, of guys yeah, from right, Newcastle right, whose parents were Newcastle. working yeah, class exactly right, yeah. yeah so the like communication wasn't exactly a um, <laughs> well open communication no. for guys no yeah it wasn't really wasn't, wasn't, wasn't part of the no. learning no. no and yeah especially like you know our parents generation like yeah. certainly not so it just not, it yeah. just travels through and it's just how it is and yeah I think it's I'm not surprised that that is the thing that kind of people will gravitate towards because as you said like there's Silverchair fans but there's been books written about Silverchair there's plenty of documentaries about you guys like the fans know all the stuff yeah so like it's yeah it's very interesting um Ben you said about tomorrow you said that song was written in my childhood bedroom by all three of us as I've said Chris deserved the writing credit um can you kind of expand on that like the writing of it so you guys are all there instruments in hand, piecing together this song. Yeah, like why did, yeah, why did you get any credit, for example, in that? Like, how, how did, was the process? Oh, yeah, we weren't even piecing it together. It was, up until that point, like, we were, we were a band for a couple of years already. Yeah, And, yeah. Um, you know, every Friday afternoon, that was band practice day, and we'd always really look forward to it. And we had, you know, we played in talent quests and different band comps and we played anywhere we possibly could. And we had a bunch of originals um, and, you know, but we'd usually, some of them Daniel and I had written together, but we, it was always like, you know, parts and we'd learn parts and, you know, we, we'd rehearse songs. Yeah. Um, and I guess it was when we'd become a three piece and we decided let's just start to jam. Let's just start to get in a room, not talk about what we're gonna play, not have any kind of um, rehearsed or practiced parts that we're gonna play. Let's just get in there. We're confident enough on our instruments. Let's just start jamming. Yeah, so start from zero, all three of us. Yeah, and and just feed off each other. Yeah. And, and that's where it came from. We were literally in my bedroom and we were just like jamming. Who the hell knows what we were playing? Like just fucking around. Yeah. And it was literally just in a moment, the three of us just started going, all at the same time. We didn't discuss anything. Yeah. It just happened out of thin air. And, and then Dan started singing that melody over the top. Right. And you were kind of like, I remember thinking like, fuck that, that's cool. And we might, I reckon, like, I can't remember exactly. I'm, I'm sure we probably played it for like 20 minutes because we were like so <laughs> stoked on how cool it sounded. But I remember um, afterwards, I was like, oh, we've got to turn that into a song. So I, went, I remember being in my dad's office. They had one of those old concertina kind of desks, yeah. old fashioned desks. And I called Dan and I said, hey man, I reckon we should finish that song. Um, and so he came to my house 
one day before school or something and in the same room and just with us both on acoustic guitars we just kind of um, finished off the like the verses and um, all the little love little bits to it yeah um, gave it a structure and then we kind of you know then then we would you know do what we did with all the other stuff as rehearsal yeah. more as a song um, I mean why Chris didn't get a credit on it like Maybe it's because I don't know. It's because you were fifteen. You're just writing it down in a book, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and I and I still to this to this day, like you know, it's maybe it's something we need to write. We we need to fix. Yeah, well, it does happen with songwriting credits. Like they get retroactively fixed all the time. Yeah, um, and yeah. Um, because we did all do that that moment, it all happened at the same time. Have you two thought about starting a band together? Like, I know, well, for, okay, first of all, like, I know you r- continued writing songs and, um, like, had projects. Did you two ever discuss going, well, why don't the two of us just go it alone? We don't need a singer. Like, we can, like, you sing, you've sung in projects. Like, it doesn't have to be Silverchair, obviously. Yeah, I'd do a band in the lane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised, surely that's been a, like, you know, discussion throughout the years. We should just do something. Like, is it anything you've discussed seriously? I think the idea. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's hard because the three of us just fell together. Yeah, I guess it's e- it's easy for Chris and I to go. Well, we know we work. Yeah, like, but why but, need it? Why do you need a third at all? Like in this eight day and age, like you could just do the two of you, like, like white stripes or, or well, yeah. black keys, or at least to record it first, to work it out later. Like yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah anyway. True. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> 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 uh, amazing. Um, I want to ask you about like once Dan kind of locked you out of songwriting for the band. Like, obviously, that would have been really painful. Mm-hmm. But did you continue writing songs, or did you like take a break? Because I know you you subsequently like wrote songs, but were you still writing throughout the third, fourth, fifth album? Yeah, I think um, I think songwriting isn't and hearing melodies and having ideas and like if you sit down at a piano or or pick up a guitar, like you just yeah, naturally, yeah. you know, you naturally play around with chords and melodies and so yeah, I mean it's not something you turn on and off. It's just always present. So yeah, I was always kind of active doing stuff. Yeah. Um, and it, you know it was a bit frustrating. I always thought I had some ideas that still would have fit into the silver chair world, but um, and you know I I thought Dan and I you know I think Daniel on his own when he writes songs on his own he's an incredible songwriter. Yeah. You know there is no doubt. Um, but I also think there was something special when the two of us wrote together. Yeah, and it's different. It sounds like those songs have a thing about them that is separate and, yeah, yeah it's a shame. Which, which was, you know, that, that's, that was probably the hard pill for me to swallow. Like, I, I would never want to stop Daniel writing on his own. But, yeah, look, I thought there was something special he and I had together when we wrote together that, that maybe, you know... I don't know. I thought I uh, just and it wasn't I just you that thought that. Like those songs were very successful, so that must have been even more annoying. Like it's yeah. not like you guys were missing, like writing together and going, "Oh, this isn't working." Like you were having hit songs. Like, yeah. yeah it's, and, and I guess we still like 
and I th uh, more toward like probably mostly on diorama Daniel had some very clear a clear vision of what that album would be but even with every other album that Dan wrote on his own I guess there was still and we talk about this in the book there was a silver chair filter oh, that, of course, I, that yeah. I caught that it went through that like I mean I think a lot of fans maybe in their minds think that Daniel walks into a room and says this is it and we just have to play it yeah but there's a real process of you know nipping and tucking and changing parts because I guess he might have an idea for a song but once Chris and I play on it you know it 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 changes yeah. and then we then we you have to adapt the song for the band so you know I guess it did feel like it felt like we were still contributing yeah you know I guess mm -hmm. it was just yeah. that we just weren't getting the credits for it <laughs> yeah yeah of course yeah, yeah. Um, and then around Young Modern, you guys started, you know, what you say in Australia Story, that was when it kind of fell off the rails a little bit. Um, was that just because you'd have been doing it for so long and you needed a break? Like, because you guys, I mean, you put out a, yeah. albums kind of, yeah, sorry. Yeah, we had, like, we had pretty long breaks in between yeah. records. But he still toured heavily yeah, every time. Like it's, it's I a think big thing. Um, it was a combination of things. I think you've got um, individually. I think we're all personally dealing with things outside the band. Yeah. Um, in different ways, you've kind of got the traditional culture of not communicating or speaking openly about exactly how you feel, yeah. or you're not feeling like comfortable enough to do that, maybe. Um, and then you've just got the beginnings of a slippery slope and just naturally... The, just slip, the slippery slope being booze. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. a little bit... Um, and a job that's tailor-made for drinking. Like, well, yeah, you're definitely in an environment that yeah. kind of doesn't have any rules, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Has a um, bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah has yeah. a 24-7 bar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and... Um, yeah, and I think it just got away on us. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. And, I, and also people, I, I always felt like there was some... Um, there was people that came into the into the fold that, that maybe weren't the... I don't know, how, how, do, I, how, how do I word it? Might have just amplified that sort of... Yeah. Behaviour. Yeah, so there was there that was pe people coming in and out of the out of the silver chair world that yeah that maybe just shouldn't have been there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was just it really was a, a combination of so many things. The but perfect storm. Yeah, the perfect yeah. storm. <laughs> <laughs> um, was is it true that you guys were meant to be in the Aria Hall of Fame and you? turned it down I heard that is that true oh uh, there was talk of us doing it at some stage a few yeah. years ago but yeah for whatever reason just never came together right yeah um I suppose that's because I saw you guys at the Groove in the Moo in Maitland and you had a handful of songs that were new songs oh a couple of new yeah right yeah. 2010 or something was it yeah it was the last run yeah. that you did and um 
so I imagine that would have been like maybe the second or third last show if the Darwin yeah, one was your last one. Then we went to Townsville and then Darwin. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, anyway, how far along did that album get? Like, were there ever kind of finished songs or did you just go in the studio and just put out a bunch of stuff? Like, I know there were demos floating around, but... There was a few yeah. that, yeah, obviously we performed live. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't... Look, it was It was Ooh, nowhere was near... Finished, yeah. yeah, it was nowhere near being finished. It yeah. was... They were just ideas. Like, we went into the studio with nothing, just a blank slate, and we'd yeah. never done that before. It was almost back to that time when we created tomorrow from a jam <laughs> yeah, you know right. it was really back to that point and um we didn't have a producer yeah. um helping steer the ship i think from those from the initial recordings from the album number six um i think after the first kind of session where we just again had this purge of excitement and ideas which i was always really excited about i thought we, need, we, we needed a producer to come in and take those ideas and help mould them. Um, yeah. Because that, that's what they were. They were just mm. like moments and there was, no, there was no structure to them. And Chris, you heard about the split of Silverchair on the radio. That kind of being good. Well, yeah, that, I guess that's how it sort of comes across. And yes, I did hear it on the radio. Yeah, man. Got down to Sydney. But there was talk. Yeah, from, obviously, from yeah. Managers yeah. and management yeah. to us. But it, it wasn't like there was a just a round table discussion around what we're going to do between the three of us, essentially, directly. Yeah. 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 Which sort of, it's a bit sad when you look back on it and, you know, can't help but feel you've got to take some of the responsibility for it. Um, but yeah, sort of a bit disappointed that we didn't just, yeah. Um, yeah, give ourselves that opportunity just to, yeah, yeah, sit down together and come to that in a collective rather than sort of, you know, managing it from a, you know, third parties and things. Yeah, the whole the whole thing about the indefinite hibernation was yeah. managed by third parties it was all yeah which is horrible that's not the way to do it yeah, yeah like like dan and like none of us spoke about it it was always through management or someone else and it was yeah. never direct contact and was that the same with like because so after the australian story when dan didn't want it on iview for music rights reasons and said he didn't get to see the book before it came out. Is that like the other thing where, is that like Chinese whispers again? Like where, or did he come to you directly and you just thought, I no, don't want to show you? it was just yeah. through publishing. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, I mean, publishing yeah. companies don't hand books out no. before they're released. So yeah. it's just a, yeah. No, it's fair enough. Position. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of like, how far into the writing of the book did that come about, the Australian story thing? Was it always kind of part of the plan? No, it wasn't. It was, uh, uh, was part of my plan. It was part of my plan. <laughs> <laughs> well done. It was a great plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we were like very nervous about it yeah. purely because I've watched a lot of um, Australian story purely yeah. for the fact that it is a deep dive into whoever yeah. the subject is. 
um, and well researched. Really well, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So it was like, in essence, it's like they're going to know what's in the bottom of your pocket. They're going yeah. to like, <laughs> yeah. know what you had for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he doesn't wash his yeah. belly button. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. And um, I guess, yeah, just yeah. have to. Because you can control the book. Like, of, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you, the amount of building you do, like, it's really in depth. Yeah. yeah. To pull, you know, what end up being an hour's worth. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. good for, for like four to six weeks of filming on and off. Not not the whole time, but just different shoots over that mm. time. Jesus, um, yeah. But you know, one one thing I learned from from doing a bit of telly is that, and this is why I went into it with a. I think we're all a little bit nervous about it. Yeah. Um, because you don't you don't have editorial control. No. Um, but one thing I learned about doing a bit of telly is that you're you are in control of what comes out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is true. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I knew that because because of the the the, the experience with the book and, and Chris and my approach of just that, you know, leaning into the love. Yeah. You know, um, I was once we decided, yeah, we're gonna do it, you know, I, I was confident that Chris and I that that it would that would be okay. Because the way the way that we've we've been approaching the whole project is from yeah. you know um, just complete respect and, and love for the whole for, for Daniel and and the whole legacy of the band and sincerity as well. You guys mm. just like you know you can't fault that. Like, yeah. You're not trying to spin something or you're not trying to like get your side across. Like it doesn't come across that way. And I think it's yeah. really testament to the fact that you just talk about your entire lives really openly rather mm. than you know spilling silver chair dirt yeah, yeah it's yeah. not a tip for tad it's not a clickbait it's just great stories and and yeah yeah know. i would argue there's like very little new silver chair information out there if like fans are kind of going through it for like mm. tidbits yeah it's yeah, yeah. No, that was never the intention to be just yeah, no one in that arena. Yeah, and the the other thing that comes across is how much fun you guys had, which is great. Like it's great that well, like that comes across. Of, it was freaking of course, of course, because <laughs> like it's, it's easier to kind of you know hit the points of a stray story yeah. where it's just like you know drugs, alcohol, mm. like cancer, like illness, like disharmony. Mm. But like the thing that comes across most in the book is like how just amazingly, yeah. it's like how much fun you guys had. It's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like when you think of two things. It's like social media, right? Like, say if you put a post on social media and you get ninety-five to ninety-eight percent like incredibly positive feedback, yeah. and you get a couple of trolls on there, but for some reason, like that, that's the stuff that like yeah. affects you. Of or if, or in a schoolroom, right? Like you know, you've got one bad egg in the schoolroom, and that's that just. It, that's yeah. what gets focused on. It was so like album reviews back in the day. You know, oh, of course, yeah. What I would hand us, we'd have a wad of like incredible, you know, Ray reviews, and there'd yeah. be like one negative one, and that would be enough to just like yeah, from some shit paper yeah, out totally of nowhere. Yeah, and you dwell on that, and you'd be like, oh, yeah. And it's just like, yeah. know, hang on a second, there's yeah. yeah. I mean, we've gotten better at it. You yeah. do. We've gotten a lot better at going. You know, you can't please everybody. Yeah. And, um, Nor should you try to. Yeah. No. Um, well, thanks for your time. Final you. question. Were you guys ever, because Dan talks about how, like, you know, didn't like Tomorrow at a certain point, a bit embarrassed by the old songs. Like, 
etc. Did you guys ever hit a point where you, because you also went through those teenage years, which you mature, like if you look back at photos of yourself from 16, you go, Jesus, so like, yeah. surely something you were expressing then. Like, did that ever happen? Do you ever go to a point where you're embarrassed by the songs or did you just love them throughout? Yeah. Oh. So I was ever embarrassed by anything. Yeah, great. Um, That's good to hear. I think um, some of my fashion choices... <laughs> well, everyone does. ...are awesome. <laughs> are awesome. Yeah. Are absolutely yeah. awesome. Yeah. So do yourself yeah. a favour. <laughs> Get yourself some bright yellow pants. Orange. 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 No, wait two years and that'll um, be like the rage. Yeah, no, I, I was never embarrassed by anything. Yeah, great. I could sort of, you know, reason with Dan's sort of position. I could understand where he was coming from, yeah. but I was never embarrassed. Also, it's his words, like, so it's a bit different. I was different. never embarrassed by anything. Yeah, great. Yeah, but you? I think, you know, I think as you get older and, again, that spring, hopefully that sprinkle of wisdom, yeah. you should be able to look back and go, well, that that was the time stamp of that moment. Oh, certainly now, yeah. But I more mean when you guys were like 18, 19, and you're going, oh, I wish, you know, yeah, photos I, of me. I, I don't know. It's much easier now to look back and go and, and celebrate. I, I've, I was never embarrassed by That's it. That's so good. Yeah. I thought, to, to me, like, when Daniel didn't want to play tomorrow anymore live it just it never made sense to me it's no. like that song just blows the fucking roof off the house yeah it never stops doing that either you know, like it's oh tomorrow's not working anymore yeah, yeah and i remember like the last time we played it it was like this a huge gig in baltimore yeah that's right and um we, we hadn't, hadn't played it in ages yeah and um you know, we rehearsed it backstage for like five minutes and went out and played it to like 80,000 people. <laughs> and and it just fucking went off. And it's like, why wouldn't you do that every night? Like, yeah. you know, it just, it, 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 and it never made sense to me, but um, yeah, no, nothing to be embarrassed about. It's just a celebration yeah. all the way. I'd love to hear that. Well, thank you so much for your time, Matthew. Appreciate Amazing. it. Amazing. Thank you. Sorry, you have to sign a bunch of books now, but yeah, you know, once you sign them, you know, the bookstores can't return them, so <laughs> yeah, they're, they're sold. sold. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much. No worries, man. And that was Ben and Chris from Silverchair, and their new book, Love and Pain, is out absolutely everywhere. You probably got it for Christmas. So check your stocking before you go to the shops. My guest next week is Billy Birmingham, a.k.a. The Twelfth Man. So that's a nice summary crickety chat for next week. Until then.